I, I know I put undue pressure on people. I'm sorry. So, um, this week's lesson, Staying in Love, it's the fourth installment. It's the last installment. We're glad you came because we, we decided we want to answer a question that many people ask. Can two people actually stay in love forever? That was the question that started this whole thing off, started them off. i got to fix her hair real quick. Very sensitive. So, and today we want to talk about the choice you make. You may not be aware, but you actually make a choice in your marriage every day. But after today, if you don't know, you will know. And so the question that started us off was, can two people stay in love forever? And we discussed, yes, they can. If they're willing to make love a verb, that was week one. If they're willing to mutually submit to each other. If they're willing to value their spouse above themselves. And if they're willing to know the condition of their heart. Remember the stuff that came out when you bump? When you bump, stuff comes out. So, to know the condition of your heart. And lastly, staying in love requires that we believe the best in our spouse. That you believe. It's the choice that you make to believe the best or to believe the worst. So, Turn your Bibles, or I have it up here. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It is called the chapter of love in the Bible. I mean, the Bible doesn't say that, literally. I just, I just said it just because it sounds kind of cool. The chapter of love. Now, in this chapter, there's something that's powerful, but something that's kind of, if you read it, it's almost naive. And when God wrote it, you almost see, is God naive to us? Let, let, let me explain. Let's go over this verse real, real quick. Here's what love, the Bible says. Love is. Love is patience. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Boasting as in, look how awesome I am. Didn't I do an awesome job cleaning the kitchen? I'm just telling you my sins. This is, not, this is what Geo Garces does. Look at that kitchen. That was awesome. Since you're not going to say it, I'm going to have to say it. That is not loving. Okay? This is my life. It is not proud, which I just shared. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered or easily irritated. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects And here it is. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. You know, when I read the always trusts, I thought, I don't know, always trust? Yes, that's what he says. And I kind of thought, that's kind of hard, always trusting. Because in every relationship, there are unexplainable gaps between what we expect of our spouse and what they actually do. So I have some signs for us today. Our spouse, each of you have expectations. You discuss something, we're on the same page, I'm expecting something, and so you have his expectation. And then, what they actually do. What the behavior is. So we expect, and then what you do, your behavior. And there's this gap in between. There's this gap. So in between the gap is where we have to choose 
what we're going to put in the gap. Because there's always a gap. You know, let me give you an example. From my marriage. She said she was going to be here at 9.30. It's 9.45. He told me he was going to clean the kitchen last night. Expectation and what actually happens. He's late again. What is this bill? He never told me he got a new credit card. Oh, he blew the budget again. Oh, she didn't get the kids. School called me. We place something in those gaps. You can place in the gap. You can choose to assume the worst. She doesn't care. She, she is selfish. He is lazy. We fill it with things like this most of the time. We ought to fill it with this. Or we assume the best. Maybe she's in traffic. Darn that one-on-one. Maybe, maybe, maybe like my family, we thought the neighbors, it was a neighbor's turn to pick up the kids and it wasn't. I just forgot. Honest mistake. But when we assume the worst, nothing good comes out of your relationship when you assume the worst. You're, you're, you're starting a conflict which will never end. Unless you start choosing to assume the best and also to believe the best. It says always to trust. To believe it. Do I buy it? There was one. I was just on the one on one. Hmm. That's a mystery. (laughs) Right? So here's two problems with always trusting. One is what you see. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense in your mind going, that makes no sense. And the also thing is who you are. Like we discussed last week, you're full of something, right? Good and bad. You're full of something. Your experience growing up. Your experience as seeing your parents, seeing your uncle, seeing people you love. Your experience makes you sometimes do this. Because this was sort of effective in their marriage. And many of us didn't see this a lot. We didn't see parents assume the best of each other. And so we grow with with an expectation that if you say something, and if you don't do it, that means you're not spiritual. You lack character. Versus... Let me assume the best here. Let me always trust. Because people that stay in love, trust. Now there's a book called The One Thing You Need to Know. And there was, there was studies done. The author's Marcus Buckingham. And he cites a study that found happy couples that had been together for over 10 years or more. And the assumption was that they would, they would find in happy couples the opposite of what they found, would find in unhappy couples. And since past research, past research showed that unhappy couples did not understand each other very well, and the assumption was that in strong marriages or relationships, the spouse would have deep understanding of each other and realistic expectations. But they discovered the opposite was true. They discovered they had a very unrealistic view of each other. And in their study, husband and wives rated their partners more positively 
in every quality than their partners rated themselves. You know, valuing others above yourself. They saw their spouses in a better light than their spouses saw themselves. And they were totally blind to their spouse's deficiencies. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a, in a household that was very critical of each other. Extremely critical. So what I bring into my marriage is a critical nature first. I bring in the worst situation possible. I bring in this. Eight times out of ten, this is, this is what I think most of the time. Two times out of ten, I nail this. Okay, So that study is very accurate. Now, the observation was that this positive illusion created an upward spiral of love. And that illusion created a conviction. And that conviction led to security. And that security led to intimate relationship with your spouse. And that intimate relationship fostered love. You see, a husband or a wife who assumes that his spouse or her spouse possesses strengths that he or she doesn't have, will have a strong marriage. Valuing others above yourself. Like, if I start to value... Hey, if, if I have an expectation and it's not met, there's, I'm going to believe the best. In a ridiculous fashion, the best. In a, in a fairy tale, the best. And this, this was their advice. Find the most generous explanation for each other's behavior and believe it. Always trust. The studies support the scriptures. Finding and believing the best in your spouse. Just try that this week. Try that this afternoon. Try that at 12.05. Try that when you're at the car and your spouse is not in the car yet and you're ready to go to lunch and you're assuming she's still in fellowship. What is she doing in there? Does she not know we're hungry? Does she not know the children are starving? Does she not know I have to be somewhere at one? Does she not care? Or, my wife's a very, very loving, kind person. There's probably someone that needed her help spiritually, and thank goodness she's there to help and provide the spiritual support. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Gio! That's totally right! I'm going to assume the best. That you really want to take me on a date once a week. I do. I forgot this week. Oh, I know you had a lot going on at work. A very stressful environment. And your boss is not very nice. Well, I'm looking forward to next week. Mm. Assuming the best. It's gonna, you're going to be faced with that choice as soon as we finish here. You're going to be faced with the choice of what you're going to fill this gap of expectation, and then there's the reality. What are you going to fill that gap with? That choice will be yours. Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for him, than for them. I'm a foolish person. That scripture exposes the fool that I am when I speak in haste. This morning I had to choose whether I was going to be irritated. Karen took the dogs for a walk. And then she found a stray dog. And it wasn't a small little dog. It was a very big, young, masculine dog. And she followed into the house. And I was dressed in my cream-colored shirt. 
out of the dry cleaner, open the door, she goes, Gio, come here. And I'm on the computer finishing up, and she's like, like all right, I better go respond quickly. And then there was a dog there, and right away my, my love bang, I'm like, I'm like, oh gosh, another dog, right? She's like, this dog is lost. And the neighbors come out. It's always like a big scene in front of the guards' house. Who's a missing dog? And now my heart, I'm going like, just let it go. Just walk away and close the door. It'll find something. It'll do something. It'll survive. Then I saw the white stuff hanging from his mouth. I'm like, oh, he's thirsty. Let me give him some water. So I got him some water. And then he comes up to me and he, to thank me. And he puts his paws on my shirt. And I'm like, I hate you. He's he's excited. And here here is Karen wanting to prepare, ask me to prepare the car, which means you got to bring in something to lock the metal thing so the the dog can't hop over the car. I mean, I was thinking, I have to go to church. I got so many things to do. And I I wanted to be very negative. I, in fact, I, I started talking to myself as I closed the door going, why don't you just let the dog go? Dogs are five all the time. Dogs are naked. It's a great neighborhood. People will find that silly dog. Why do we have to take care of the dog? And this is what I'm thinking as I'm, as I'm getting the car ready to go. And I'm going, oh, good. You're going to take him to the pound. Good. Because I thought she was going to say, let's hold him in case the neighbors come knocking on the door. Right? I was, I'll go, please, let not say that. So we took him to the pound this morning, and then she asked, are you going to execute, or is it survival rate? She's like, no, we rarely do that, ma'am. So she's like, okay. And that's where the owners are going to probably find their dog. But it was one of those things where I had a choice to make, and then my kids came down, what's going on? And I was like, mom found a dog, and Jane's like, oh, is he okay? And I'm going like, What's wrong with these dog lovers? <laughs> Jeez. I grew up in a home that wasn't, that was, it was just a dog. It stayed outside. It got leftovers, maybe. And when it got sick, it never, never saw it again. So I, it's a whole new world for me. It's a whole new world. No whole new world. Whole new world. No one tried to save the dog. No one was trying to, <laughs> no one did that. It just died. And then we buried it in the backyard. <laughs> to stay in love, you have to choose to believe the best about your, your wife, your husband. You've got to believe. That's to always trust. That's, the, that's what God says. You've got to trust and believe the best. Assuming the best. Can you change that in your marriage? If you can, you will stay in love a very long time. You know, recasting the weakness as strength. Let me give you an example. She's not impatient. She's intense. He's not insensitive. He's just focused. He's not late. He's working hard. Trying to support the family. Think about that mind, that just little shift you can make about your spouse. The little things that annoy you. Just that little shift of choosing to believe the best in them. Let's finish that scripture. He finishes and says this. It, meaning love, it always protects. Love guards integrity. Always trusts. Looks for a generous explanation. Always hopes. Love errs on the positive. Always persevere. Love is determined to see Good. Do you believe the best 
or the worst when it comes to your spouse. And if you believe the worst, I want to challenge you to change the way you think. Because what you're setting up is how your children view their marriage one day. You want them to draw from good examples. And I'm not saying perfection. Just draw from good examples from what they see in your marriage. Because a lot of our marriage, we inherently bring into our life because of what we saw growing up. That's our, that's our almost instinctive reaction to do that. Because if you go negative, you'll be undermining your own relationship. You ever, you ever heard the phrase, you shot holes in your boat? It's your boat, you're out to sea, and then you take this and you shoot holes in your boat. And your boat sinks. When you go negative, you undermine your own relationship. But he, but she, wait, wait, rephrase that. Because when, when you go negative, it just spirals down. It spirals out of control. When you choose not to protect, when you choose not to trust, when you choose not to hope, you undermine your relationship. Regardless of what he or she has done currently or in her history or his history, you undermine it. And you're aiding your partner and hurting your very relationship you want to keep. So how is going negative working for you? That's a question that Ron quits. He asked me that deep time sometimes after I shared. So how's that working for you? I'm like, not very good. He's like, you want to change that? I said, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Just that simple question, how's, it go, how's that working for you? How is assuming the worst, how's it working for you? Think about that. How is that working for you? Super awesome. You know how many shows Karen and I have missed because I assume the worst? We have Sunday night shows we want to watch and I assume the worst about her and then we fight and I can't watch the show. <laughs> I, mean, I can watch it and make it totally worse. And meet the wrath the next following week, but I said I'd rather just not I'd rather be mad and fight and not watch the show. Or I can assume the best about Karen. My life is very detailed. Extremely detailed. Lovingly, annoyingly detailed. Like I want to get things done now. And let's just do a broad brush stroke. Let's get it done. She goes, Don't stop and do it right. And so the broad brush stroke come in conflict with the details. And I'm the leader of the house. So I can say, we're going to do it my way, not yours, right? And then I start assuming the worst about her. Then our relationship struggles. Or I can appreciate going, wow, you're really detailed. She fixes a lot of things around the house that I cannot fix. Things that are broken, I'm going, I don't know, let's call somebody. Let's just call somebody. What's She's like, no, no, this is what you got to do. And then she goes meticulously, gets the manual out, looks at the manual, studies it, and then fixes it. <laughs> And I'm like, it's broken. What's good? She fixes so many things. She's the true handyman in our house. <laughs> Understand something about your spouse. They are not trying to disappoint you. They're not trying to do it on purpose. But when our expectation and their behavior don't match and there's a gap, you can fill it with the believing the best, or you can believe or you can fill it with assuming the worst about your partner. Because if he or she starts to think they can't live up to your expectations, you know what happens? They don't, they're going to stop trying to. And you don't want your marriage to end up there because then it becomes a statistic. When, when the spouse says, you know what, I can't live up to his expectations or her expectations, they 
give up in their marriage. They give up. You, You may be justified in your complaints. And you may be actually right. But your intimacy will be over. If you always want to be right about what they said they expected and what they did and you fill it with negativity, you may well be right. But your intimacy will be over. So, God says to believe the best. Don't go negative because you end up undermining your very relationship that you love and you want. When you believe the best, you give her room or him room to actually take responsibility without disappointing you. Give them room. A lot of times when I assume the best, Karen falls on the sword. I was my fault. I didn't, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, she got it. <laughs> on her own. Versus me trying to make her say it. No, no, you need to admit. You said you were 10, 30, so 10 five minutes. No, you need to admit that you're late. Or assume the best and let her say, or let him say, you know, honey, I had a choice to work late. It was a bad choice. I regret it. I'm really sorry. And he said it, and it was the exact thing she was feeling. Isn't that better that way? When they actually own up to it, but you've got to give them space to do it. And that space comes from believing the best. Assuming the best. And that subtle acceptance is so powerful. Just that acceptance when, when you, they, they know they may be in the wrong and you give them that, that little acceptance of, you know, is so powerful. So powerful. Because our hearts are drawn to acceptance. Our hearts are not drawn toward criticism. I don't think anyone in this room goes, man, can I get a little criticism in my life? We're drawn to being accepted. And that acceptance, what it does, it opens the door for their heart to go, I can take responsibility. But when you want to be right, we usually go negative. Because we want them to get a conviction about it. And so we start pressing the buttons, thinking that that is going to help them get it. No, it doesn't. Actually, your acceptance helps them get it. It's the exact opposite that helps them get it. When I know you believe the best, even when I mess up, I'm drawn to you. When Karen does that to me, I'm like, I married the right woman, Lord. Thank you so much. (laughs) When I come home and I messed up and I get criticism, in my nature, uh, I'm I'm what's called a counterattacker. You attack, I (laughs) counterattack. I'm not one of those guys that just walk away and go, oh, well, well. I'm like, oh, you want to attack me? I'm ready for attack. You want to attack? Come on. Start doing this stuff. It's my nature. A counterattack in my marriage does not work. So when I come home and she's very graceful, believes the best, I'm like, oh man, I can do so much better. I can do so much. And I want to do better. Want to make it right. Want to improve. I want to. Because I just got accepted even though I'm messed up. Isn't that what God does for us? Isn't that what attracts us to God? That we're messed up and He accepts us and we're drawn to that? Isn't that what makes you in love with God? So why do we treat our spouses differently than what God treats us? Why do we do that? Because we're sinful people. And without God, there is no hope. That's why. Because we're sinfully hopeless without God. When you discover that your optimism is not founded on reality... Of course you're going to have a conversation. But then you choose to believe the best. 
Sometimes it's not based on reality. Can two people fall in love and stay together? Yeah. I think so. If they make love a verb, if they're willing to mutually submit, if they're willing to keep watch over their own hearts, if they're willing to believe the best and to refuse to assume the worst until it's impossible to do otherwise. Unless it's impossible to do otherwise. In other words, there is no good explanation. There can never be one. Okay, let's have a discussion about it. But believing the best. And Jesus sums it up this way. Do to others as you would have them do to you. He sums up the principle of how to have an incredible marriage and friendship. Treat people the way you want to be treated when you mess up. If you, if you enjoy being criticized, yelled at, and shunned when you make a mistake, then go and do it to others. If you enjoy that in your heart. Or if you don't like that, then treat the person the way you would want to be. In other words, put yourself in their shoe. Say, man, I've been there. Am I going to be loving, gentle, assume the best until it's impossible not to? I'd rather choose that. That's the secret of staying in love. That's the secret sauce number four. But apply it to your life. Do you believe you can stay in love? I think you can. We all know we can fall in love. We do that. That was easy. I think that desire comes from God. And I think He designed you for that. And if you will submit yourself to God and to His plan for you and for your spouse, you may very well experience staying in love for a very long time. That was the question we wanted to answer. Can two people stay in love? When you violate these principles, you jeopardize your very own marriage. So what I want you to do is, I want you for homework, is to memorize these principles. Write them down somewhere in your car dash. Go positive, don't go negative. Put little reminders for yourself around to help you. If you're one of the people like me who, who think negatively... Remind yourself to be positive. Remind yourself. Like I'm, I'm kind of grateful Karen saved that dog today because you know I was like I was I was praying on the I was praying on the way over. I'm going like that's probably a good thing. Our neighbor saw us. We're being compassionate, being loving. It was totally inconvenient, but yeah, was, the neighbor's going to really be impacted by that, you know. But I was more worried about my shirt, my tie, myself. And Karen did a pretty amazing thing this morning. And I thought the neighbors came out and was like, everyone loves dogs and everybody. So I'm like. That's a positive thing for our family. And here was I, I was I was I was ready to go negative. I was ready to shut it down and close the door. Come inside, Karen. I was ready. But I'm so glad I didn't. I'm just glad I assumed the best and I did something positive and contributed. Now, my heart wasn't there, but my actions were that my heart got there. Sometimes you gotta do that. You just gotta just suck it up and do something, and then your heart kind of changes along the way. So make love a verb. Stay in love. Mutually submit to each other. Um, Know what's in your heart. Know what's in there. And believe the best in your spouses. Thank you and have a great afternoon.